Welcome to episode number eight of Tea with Jam. So, we appreciate all the feedback we got from y'all just for us coming back and welcoming us back. We're happy to be here. We're just so grateful that you guys are still listening. So, make sure you share because we got some things coming up, including wanting to start a Patreon. Yes. Because, like other influencers have said, podcasts are not free at all. Mm. Time is money money is time all that good stuff so um yeah so we just wanted to do a quick thank you for that um this episode is going to be a little more serious because of october october has a lot of you know things that we need to bring awareness to so we just want to give a quick trigger warning this episode may trigger those that have experienced um domestic violence and or pregnancy and infant loss um so if this is something that hits home for you and that is not good for your emotional or mental health then you're welcome to skip over this episode and we will see you next time we appreciate you being here um for those of you that want to be part of this discussion and listen in we just want to send you all the love, prayers, and comfort as we go through this. Um, but this is something very near and dear to us, so we wanted to acknowledge that in an episode. So, well, what do you guys want to say about, just in general, what this episode's going to be and how you're feeling? No, so um, Mental check-in with everyone. I, I think, like, right now, definitely clear space. Um clear head should I say and just definitely vulnerable I I definitely um I have experienced domestic violence unfortunately I have not experienced the loss of a child or um, a pregnancy or anything like that so I definitely empathize with any woman who has done so um a mother of three children I just could never imagine that kind of hurt um so I just ask again just like Amber said you guys give us any type of feedback leave comments we definitely are here um, prayers are with everyone who's been through either one and whatever resources that may be out there we're just kind of just trying to be that outlet and just know that you're not alone if you are currently going through this or if you've experienced any of this that there are other people out there and it's okay to let your voice be heard everyone's voices matter you know awareness just comes with one part of awareness is just knowing like other people are experiencing it um, sometimes it's easy to feel lonely in different situations and different scenarios if it's not something that has been experienced in your circles or your families. Um, but just think of us as your extended family and your sister circle. So I have experienced both domestic violence and infant loss. So, you know, October is hard. I've experienced this and the anniversary of the passing is actually next month. So, you know, it's a process, it's a healing. I'm 10 years in, um, in this healing journey. So it's, it's a lot that comes up, but it's important that we just know that we all are here for each other and we all have, um, different ways of healing and grieving and that's okay. Um, I personally have not experienced, um, domestic violence or infant loss per se, Um, I did have an abortion when I was 14, so I don't know if that quote unquote counts, but, um, I know absolutely counts. Absolutely counts. You still have that in your head. Like you said, and those out there that counts, you know, that's a good point because a lot of people feel like abortions, you know, don't low key quote unquote deserve to be grieved or mourned, but that is completely 100% not true Mm -hmm. shameless plug I'm also an abortion doula so that's a real thing and you are completely allowed to feel however you feel about that Mm -hmm. well thank you I appreciate that um especially since I didn't have a choice in the matter because I was only 14 um but I think now since it's been what over 
almost 20 years. Um, the biggest thing for me is just forgiving myself. Um, Lord, I'm going to start getting emotional. Oh, um, <laughs> don't get emotional. We're going to be vulnerable, so we got this. Once you start, it's <laughs> um, forgiving myself so that I can move forward to not only manifest, but to heal my womb so that I can yes. get pregnant and carry a child yes, to Lord. term. Um, yes, God. So that's what I'm working on now. Um, and me and uh, Key actually had this conversation not too long ago about forgiveness. And yes. I never thought about having to forgive myself before we had that conversation. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I didn't have a, a, a choice. I didn't have an option. It wasn't my choice to have an abortion. Yes. So I never put two and two together to say, well, maybe I do need to forgive myself in order to move on and to heal. Yes. So I'm just, that, that's where I'm, I'm doing that now mm. or trying to at least. I just want to say, well, you know what? Prayer. I want to take try out. No. Words, yeah, take power. Try out. Words, Words have power. power. Yes. I'm working on that now. And I thank God for Key and Am because now Am has chosen to become my fertility doula. Doula. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know that we're going to get really raw mm-hmm. <laughs> in <Yes>. that process. <laughs> um, and that has that's got to be step one is to just forgive yes. and to not forget, but to move on and move past so that I can be spiritually and physically and emotionally ready for my child yeah absolutely and I just want to say a quick prayer Lord I just ask that you cover everyone listening to this podcast and part of this podcast we all have wounds that we may not always share and pains that we carry and burdens that you know the others may not know about but I ask that you just give us healing and comfort as we go through this process of healing not just on the air but the personal healing that we do outside of this podcast Lord God and we just are grateful for this opportunity to share and support each other um, and for those that are listening because this is not something that is always talked about it's not something that's always uh, a safe place and especially as black women we may not feel like we can cry and mourn certain things and grieve certain things um but we just ask that you support us through this and we are appreciative of this opportunity we just thank you amen amen Amen. um no that's powerful and i think that you know you starting off right there like you didn't have a choice and this is something that you have to deal deal with in your adult life that happened as a teenager Mm -hmm. and how it still, you know, comes up in different ways. And I know key, there's the same, you know, having gone through that experience of domestic violence, that changes how we view love. That changes how we accept love. It's, it's just so many things that people don't think about. And there are levels to this. It's not just, oh, one layer. Mm-hmm. Like these are, these are layers that affect us throughout our adulthood, no matter what age you experience them. And I think in turn um, how powerful. you um how you raise your kids. Absolutely. 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 So wow, I didn't expect to get that deep so fast. <laughs> yeah, that's but that's a no, no, that's a blessing. <laughs> that's and good, and though. that's so good. I know for me with both these things, the infant loss and with the domestic violence, one thing that I carry is guilt of going through that situation and knowing that others had to basically be privy to what I was going through. Um, And this year, I'm determined to finally get this book out. But one thing that I talk about, (laughs) thank you, but one thing I talk about in this book is the fact that it's important that we share our stories because people need to know that they shouldn't be embarrassed because that can sometimes prevent you from getting help. And it can also prevent you from um, seeking support from others. Mm -hmm. And the second thing that I talk about in this book that is very important is that people that have not been through certain situations do not always know how to support you. Like, there's so many times I've heard people say, like, oh, if you wanted to get out of that, you could have. Or that was a blessing in disguise. Like, that needed to happen. Like, as far as, like, you know, or you'll don't worry, you'll have more kids one day or something. 
people don't really know how their words and their quote-unquote attempts at support, support and comfort mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. can be sometimes just as painful as the actual situation. Mm-hmm. If not, um, I feel like words sometimes scar deeper. Yeah, and, and you mm-hmm. remember those things. And kind of going with the whole domestic thing, a lot of the... A lot of the physical, and when people think about domestic violence, of course, it's definitely the physical abuse, but it's mm-hmm. also that mental and mental abuse. emotional. It's still manipulation. Now, it, manipulation to it's crazy and it's, gaslighting. It, it's still now. With my first son, his father made a comment to me after breaking my tooth while I was carrying his son. We did not know the race of um, the sex, sorry, the sex of the baby, but he told me I'm not woman enough to bring a, his son or bring a man into this world. And mm. I still mm. look at my son and I'm proud of my son. My son is extremely smart and yes, I'm raising him. So intelligent and, and so caring. I think about that and I push my son even further sometimes. And I have to sometimes let up because I'm like, I'm determined to make him a way better man than what the hell his father could ever even dream of. Absolutely. So it's like, you have to then take away some of that. So yeah, I had plenty of, broken broken things on my body, freaking bruises, things like that. But I feel like sometimes those words, mm-hmm. they cut a lot deeper. Absolutely. They cut a lot deeper. And you remember things like that. I remember, yeah. so I had to, so after I finally got out of the violent situation, I used to have night terrors. Mm. Literally waking up in the middle of the night, 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, and I would have to call somebody just to talk to them so that I can low-key, like, remember that I'm not in that situation anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, those, th- like, it's all kinds of things that people don't realize, residual effects of those things. PTSD. And yes. then, so when people say, oh, like, yeah, but when you was ready to get out, you got out. Okay, that, getting out and escaping, <laughs> like, literally escaping like the fact that i'm alive is a blessing like we can't like negate that or the fact that i continued to like move on with my life and didn't become suicidal or Mm -hmm. there's all types of things that go with it um get addicted people do drugs alcohol like different things you know and i went through a process of rebelling afterwards and i didn't understand what rebellion looked like i didn't understand what what was going on with me emotionally. I used to have mood swings. I used to have all types of things. And I realized it was because I was holding on to um, pain from what I had gone through and feeling like pitying myself. So it's just so many things that people don't realize and that sometimes you're embarrassed to say or don't even understand where they come from. Mm. And unfortunately... The loss of my child was directly, re- like, related to the same person that abused me. And so I carry two forms of guilt around that situation. And it's easy to say, like, I wish I was never with him. I wish I never met him. But then that feels like saying, I wish I never had my baby. Right. Which feels like, you know, her life and passing was all in vain. So it's just mm-hmm. so many... It's just so many levels, things. Like you said, it's levels, layers. Yeah. Absolutely. And then you don't want to punish yourself. And like you said, when it comes to people saying, oh, you could have gotten out or, oh, mm-hmm. that's what you chose. You chose to be mm-hmm. with that person. You didn't have to stay there. You, you knew options. better. You knew better. You should have left You could have told somebody. Time. And even with that. Fight said, back. Victim shame, exactly. basically. Exactly. It like. I, I had, um, and me and this person, we're still, and I consider our friends still. And I was in an apartment, my apartment, and he was, I want to say he was high, because unfortunately that relationship was just bad. He was on drugs, he was drinking, he was a woman, everything, anything and everything you can think of. Mm-hmm. And I was getting ready for work, and my friend was there to give me a ride, because he had, was all ni- out all night with my car, and had messed my car up, couldn't drive my car to work, and he took a Gatorade bottle and threw it across the room and hit me in my face in front of my friend. Mm. My face instantly swelled up and I had to do what? Call out of work. And she's like, do you want me to, you want to go with me? And I'm like, 
now at this point, I'm embarrassed. Embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I just want you to leave. Now really? in front of yeah. my friends. Yeah. I'm like, I just want her to leave. And as soon as she left, he just beat my ass even more. Oh, like, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And I had times where I had family members. I had a family member, a particular family member, and even his words still stick with me. And I was out, it was maybe 3 o'clock in the morning, and I was running barefoot down the middle of Dover. Mm. <laughs> Running to the police station, just adamant that I'm going to file charges against this man. He's laid in the house next to my son after he just beat the crap out of me. I felt like I legit was Tina Turner on yeah. the movie. Yeah, like, it's I, crazy. I've had like, those same thoughts. I, like I'm Tina Turner right now. I, I legit. I've seen what slow got to do with it. How how did how this happen? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he told me he said, "It's no need to do this if you're gonna go right back to this man." <sighs> oh, don't even get me started on things police have told me. Well, no, no, not the police. The police told me if you lay down with dogs, you get up with fleas, but that's a different story. Jesus. What the? But again, these are the people who we look to for guidance. Mm -hmm. And And for safety. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So he told me, he was like, I'll take you. This is what one of my cousins told me. He said, but only if you know this is what you're ready to do. Oh, your if cousin you said that. If you know that you are going to go right back to him, are you going to be the one sending him the money while he's locked up? Are you going to be the one mm. sending him commissary? You have to not physically escape him, but mentally escape him. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because this is a cousin, not like a cousin, like I grew up with him, but like this is not, and it's an older cousin, but like this is not a cousin who is one of the cousins who you call and you bust it up with. It's one of the cousins that I see him and he sees me and it's like, hey, hug, we keep it moving. Yeah. But, and I don't even know that he knows how much that impact me. Mm. Because again, once I got past that mental, because even after that night, it was like maybe another, I'll say another year, I stayed. Mm-hmm. And I had to, again, mentally let go. Like mm-hmm. I say my son, who is our child together, is my light because I was in the darkest place in my life. And if it wasn't for my son witnessing his father, and he was like maybe a year and a half, mm-hmm. almost two, witness his father smack me to the ground and him come over and scream, Mommy, Mm-mm. Mommy, that was my wake-up call then. Yeah. That right there was my wake-up call. And at that point, I was done. Like, when I say I went through so much with him, like, it was one time I told my brothers, I'm like, listen, he put his hands on me because, again, I never told anyone. Mm-hmm. Told my brothers, my brothers and my mom, I, hopefully statute of limitations is up, but either way, mm-hmm. <laughs> told my brother and my mom, my mom came, grabbed my son out of the bed, they told me, go to work, you don't know nothing, and they beat him to a bloody pole. Mm. And what did I do? The next day, took him right to the doctor and got him mm. fixed on mm. up. It was more mm-hmm. of a mental yeah, you were in a prison. Absolutely. Honestly, it was more of a mental word. Was that oh, this is the person? I think the issue with a lot of young females. Because yes. I was young when I had my son. Yeah, I was twenty when I had my son, and even though that's not a teenager, but like you're young. Mm-hmm. I was young. Yeah, and you're at that point where so this is my child's father. I want to be with him. We're gonna have that house with the picket yep. fence, and we're gonna do that. And I don't want to just be a baby mom. And, no matter what he does, I'm going to still be here. Like, yeah. He's going to come back to me. And he one day will grow up and one day will be that. And it's just like, but will you live to see that one day? You right. know what I mean? And it got to that point. It really did. Isn't that Stockholm Syndrome? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what That's, it was. Yeah. 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 And I was young. I was 18. And and it's things that you don't realize are happening to you, too. Like, I didn't know what gaslighting was. And those of you that don't know what gaslighting is, it's basically when somebody uh, manipulates you into thinking that you're crazy or literally makes you, it messes up your sense of reality and what's real versus what's fictional, what's lies versus what's the truth. It mentally affects you. Um, And it doesn't take like an evil genius Mm -hmm. to gaslight. So Mm -hmm. a, a common denominator of abuse is someone gaslighting you. Um... And like I said, I was young. I was 18. At those ages, people are like, oh, well, you were grown. One, you're, I don't care what anybody says. You're not grown when you're 18. You're just now starting <laughs> to figure out who you are, what what life is like, what relationships are like. You're just now out of if, a public school are. system or right. whatever. My, my like, seriously. My told me when you're 18, you're just legal. You're just able to go to legal and, adult Exactly. Jail at that point. That's just a fact. Like, you don't really know... I mean, some people have lived different lives, but at the end of the day, you really don't, you're not at the mental 
capacity to have this understanding of things that you've never experienced mm-hmm. to the full extent of what they are and what they mean. And just to get back to, like, the police, like, I've literally had a police officer. At, I called the police on this person after he put his hands on me, did all kinds of stuff, choked me, all that kind of stuff. I literally saw the police officer right in front of my face tell him, oh, just go stay somewhere for the night till she cools off and come back tomorrow. Yep. Wow. Seen that too. Like, are they arrested and then, and block, drop them off on the block over next over? Literally, or or the other and the other officer said to me, um, "Why would you call us for this? Don't you know there's more serious crimes happening right now?" <laughs> like, yep. you know. And then you get people, family members, and friends like, "Well, why didn't you just tell me what's going on?" And that comes with the whole level. Like you said, you got brave enough to tell your family right what was happening and they beat him up i was scared if i told them that they would beat him up and then they'll go to jail Mm -hmm. like if my family didn't went to jail because of this situation that i'm in for Mm -hmm. doing this it's like so many things you think of when you're younger you don't Mm -hmm. you don't know Mm -hmm. because you still want to protect them you and unfortunately you still love them yeah so it's like instead of protecting yourself you're thinking about your family you're thinking about him you're thinking about Everybody right. but yourself. Everyone mm-hmm. who's involved in the situation. And that's Except the, thing. the most important person. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, and like I said, I, I definitely had some physical wounds, but I really think that the mental abuse mm-hmm. really like poured over even into my current relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's certain walls that I had to let go of because it was just like, when I tell you and any and every single thing that you could think that a man could do to a woman, he did to me. Mm-hmm. Like, any form of disrespect, any form, like, anything. Like, to the point of, when I tell you this, <laughs> to the point of having a woman who he was sleeping with in my house saying it was his cousin. And when mm-hmm. I was at work, he was sleeping with her. And then, mm-hmm. again, this is, I've never shared with anyone, but I came in and watched them. Not watch them. I came in on him, and he had the nerve to say, well, come on and just join. Mm. Like, when I tell you, it was so many levels of mental abuse. What the? And then for her to walk out and say, well, I'm not going anywhere. Mm. And she was married, by the way. Mm. <laughs> like, it's so, when I tell y'all, it's so many okay. levels. Oh. It's so many mm. levels, and it's just like, Yeah. And at that point, when you get that low, you don't understand what real love is. Mm. No. You don't understand how to really love yourself. Let me just tell you that you sharing that mm. is so strong. Like, mm. <laughs> like when I tell y'all, like, to reflect on some of the situations and the level of embarrassment that I feel, mm. like, some things it's like I don't even want to talk about. Because it's embarrassing, and I feel like I still take that on, like, why, how could I let that happen? What was I yep. thinking? What's going on? Like, da, da, da. I wish I could just erase that all and all these types of things. So for you to share that, just know that somebody's going to hear that, and that's going to help them to mm-hmm. get out. Give them the courage. And yep. two, that is so courageous of you mm-hmm. to share, and you have nothing to be embarrassed, ashamed, or anything of, because yeah. that is po- – he should be ashamed of himself and he's going to have to carry that burden. Mm-hmm. And he's going to get all that he needs to get back. And you're not going to have to worry about none of that. And even with that being said, like you said, that as far as like the whole karma thing, like I look at it where as though the universe is going to play out the way it needs to play out. But mm-hmm. even still, and again, I know you said the whole Stockholm Syndrome, but it kind of goes back to what you were saying Am, in the beginning. Like because this is my son's father, I don't want to see anything happen to him because it affects my child. Mm-hmm. And it's already unfortunate that is certain involvements that they have in his life that could be better, but I don't want my child to have to have that kind of empty hole that I can't fill, no matter what. No matter how much hate I may have for him, and again, I said had, I can't do that to my child because I love my child even more, and that's why I call him my light because no matter how dark and how evil and how much just hatred that his father poured into my life. And mm-hmm. and again, let me put it out there. This man was 10 years my senior, mind you. This is not talking about, Which, oh, this is somebody who... Already. Was, mm-hmm. That whole situation was just bad. 
to begin with. And as a parent, I see now it's like it should have never happened. But my thing is, is like I still would not want anything to happen to my child's father because I would not want to have to deal with that for my son. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to share these stories with him as he gets older because I want him to realize like how far I've come but also how much better he can be you know Mm -hmm. what I mean Mm -hmm. so so key you said you've forgiven and have you gotten to the point where you've been able to forgive forgive what I about to say, I, I, I never said <laughs> No, she said no longer hate. I no oh, okay. longer hate. So, but, have, but so do you, you have you guys forgiven? Yourself. I feel like when you have that much hatred towards somebody. I agree. I feel like you're giving mm-hmm. them the power still. Absolutely. Because they're living wanna, their life. Exactly. And you over here in turmoil. And I, absolutely. It was, it was times where, like, I wrote, I mean, like, four-page letters to this man saying, mm-hmm. I hate you, what you've done in my life. He took my, you took, he yeah. took my childhood. Like, yeah. uh, again, my son's father was 10 years my senior, and this was the man who, the first, the second, actually, the second time I ever had sex was with this man in my whole entire life. You know what I mean? Like, he took those years from me, and yeah. I was 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, I can't, I, I couldn't hold on to that, because it would give him too much power when he already had too much power and control over my life for so many years. Mm-hmm. So you're saying you hating him is giving him power. You don't think not forgiving them is giving them power? I don't think that forgiving them, I feel like me having mercy and still communicating with him is enough. Which that's even better than me. But again, that's because we have. So, and, and again, I don't want to put that in the light or anything, but do you think life would be different as far as communication if your child, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's... No. That, See, that's what me, that's my thing. It's like, yeah. I think that that's what keeps that line open. Mm-hmm. And even now to this day, my father, my brothers, they always say, they'll say, oh, your husband's a better man than me because he wouldn't be doing this and he wouldn't be doing that. And it's just like, my husband knows what I went through. My mm-hmm. husband knows that it ain't a shot in hell. <laughs> like, it is what it is. I want nothing to do with this man if it's with my kid. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be... I didn't have to experience co-parenting Which, growing up. Me and knowing my all this, even me, when I... Mm, yeah. Exactly. I, I, At the next bar... Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I, I, I feel you. No, but I get it. No, I'm not. ain't going to be on no side eye. It's going to be a direct. Stare down, like, really? But mm-hmm. my thing is, is like, they live in a fantasy world. Yeah. And with people who are so... What's the word? How do they say? People who don't realize that they're doing something wrong. I know that they said people don't realize that there's nothing wrong with their actions. They're going to continue to do it. And that's what he is. He, he doesn't feel like anything that he did or does to this, is still wrong. to this day. I don't think he's ever honestly to this day. I don't think he's ever apologized to me about putting his hands on me. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's ever and, apologized. And to I me. just want to say to the listeners, like one, we don't have this all figured out. So no. Anything that y'all hear, like, us say, we, it's just our own opinions, our own journeys, and our yes. own experiences. The most important thing is that you are safe. Absolutely. And you are healthy mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And don't be ashamed. That's my thing. Do not be ashamed because, honestly, we're sitting here and we're having this discussion right now. Literally. And when I first met Amber, we didn't. I didn't know this about her. Mm-mm. She didn't know this about me. Mm-mm. And even now, like you guys are hearing, they're finding out what eight years stuff later. They're that, still finding out mm, about yeah, stuff. stuff so that we it's didn't not know. like you will be surprised how many people can relate to you. You know what I mean? I've known people who were literally about to marry the person who abused them, and I'm not gonna lie and say that if he would have asked me. During that time when I was pregnant with his son, I probably would have said yes, which would have been the dumbest mm. thing of my life. But I'm just saying it would have, it probably would have happened because that's the moment I was in. So I always say talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. You want to get somebody who is not. And I know this may sound bad, but your friends are not always the yeah, best person to talk to. Right. Your family is definitely not always the right. people to talk to because even still, it's like. My mom, and I hope my husband doesn't hear this, but it is what it is at this point. My mom, when I first started dealing with my husband, my mom was still rooting for me and my son's father to be together, even after him putting his hands on me, because that was just her image of, 
being a wife and a child, well, with the child and your the child with your father, what they say, you be with the child, um, your child's father and all that BS, and then told mm-hmm. me that my husband was, who was now my husband at the time we were just seeing each other, was beneath me. Mm. When this man mm-hmm. gets up, cooks, right. cleans, take care of me, take care of another man's child, he does a lot more, he sacrifices a lot more than what that man has ever done in his whole life of being. You know what I mean? Like, you don't always have to talk to your family because sometimes your family is not the best. Not the best. You need so to talk to I, someone. I say that to say, find yes. someone who you can confide in. Just like we say, and I'm pretty sure we'll probably hit on this in every single episode. Therapy is good. Black therapists, we definitely encourage, but therapy is good. We encourage that. Yes. You know what I mean? Please. So professional help. Yeah. We do. We we can't do it on our own. Just like Amber said, we're on our own journeys. We're not. We mm-hmm. don't have it all figured out either. But I incur. I always say, talk to someone who is a good outlet. Talk to someone who you trust. You know what I mean. And someone who's not gonna be judgmental, but it's gonna always. Yes. It's gonna be listening to you mm-hmm. and gonna try to help you find a way out. And you know part I mean? of that too. I also don't want to make anybody feel like okay, don't call the police because honestly. The police, uh, the very last time I was with this person, thank God my downstairs neighbor called the police because that was the most destructive, violent time I had ever experienced in my life. He broke my phone. I didn't have a way to even reach it. So thank God Mm. the neighbors called the police and thank God that it was the first time I had ever gotten a female police officer. Because that female police officer was the only one to take the situation seriously Mm -hmm. and press charges on my behalf. Prior to that, all the other times I've ever called the police, men have showed up and they have never showed up for me. They have never literally been helped me. Mm -hmm. But the very first and worst and most, the time that I needed the most, it was a female police officer and I just thank God for her. Shout out to you, ma'am, wherever yes. you are. Wherever you are, I thank God for you. Mm-hmm. Even detective-wise, the female detective was the other person. Like, So d- I'm not saying don't call the police because that saved my life. I truly believe that. Um, but I'm also, I'm also saying, like, just make sure you call and you get the help you need, whatever type of help that is. Because mm-hmm. um, this is one of those things where it's like you can't, you, maybe you can do it alone, I don't know. But having help literally is the only experience that I have that has saved me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. Like, it's just, a, it's a lot to deal with, to think about, to carry. Like he said, there's things that, you know, we're still finding out is things that are still buried deep memories, you know, traumatic experiences. Um, but you can get through them. You can survive them. And if you're someone that knows or has an inkling that something is going on, please show up for your friends. Please show up for your family members. Be aware of the things that you say, hear them for where they are. Don't, project what you feel like they should be thinking or doing just let them know that you're there for them find there's tons of resources for domestic violence um look up safe ways to let people know that you are there for them sometimes just saying don't you know just go walk right up in front of their person and be like yo he being on you like that's maybe not the best way there are safe Mm -hmm. ways to to you know, vent out situations. Maybe you don't have those tools. So call the hotline and let them know that you have something that you may feel like is a situation. It's levels. And then I don't want to ignore the pregnancy and infancy loss, uh, infant loss um, people. Because that's a whole nother thing. Losing children is something that is unexplainable no matter what time you lose them. Whether you lose them in gestation, whether you lose them by abortion, miscarriage, or 
after their earth side. The first thing is never treat someone else's loss as if it's not as bad as yours. I've had people say to me, well, at least you didn't have them for 20 years like I mm. did and lost them. As if that's supposed to give me wow. some type of comfort. Or at least, you know, it, they couldn't talk yet and say your name. You know, so just be aware of yourself. Check your own, check your own communication with people that have experienced things like loss. The loss of a child is serious. And I know after I lost my first daughter, I literally didn't care about myself. Like, I literally felt like I didn't have a, like, I didn't care. Like, I literally would say things to myself like, oh, well, if something happens to me, oh, well. Like, mm. And I literally felt like that. And um, there's times where I just think about the way that I needed people to show up for me and the way that I still go through my healing process. And it doesn't look look like how everyone would assume or, you know, for example, when um, the first Mother's Day after she passed, people would just not say anything to me. And I didn't think that would affect me, but I wanted people to say Happy Mother's Day because I felt like I'm still a mom. I just, my daughter's just not here. Um, and that's not something that you're going to know. You're not going to be able to verbalize to other people like oh just still tell me like no you, you don't know how you're going to be affected but just know that however you grieve and however you mourn and however you um hurt is valid and do your best to communicate and do your best to to spend that time with yourself and um yeah it gets easier it doesn't go away but it does get easier for both of these situations. Because mm -hmm. on a regular basis, I don't think about loss. On a regular basis, I don't think about abuse. I think about where I am now and how far I've come and how many people I've shared my story with and how many times they've said, thank you for telling me that because I went through something similar. Mm -hmm. And kind of going off of what you're saying, Amber, um, like I agree. And um, like I said, I, I've never experienced the loss of a child. Um, but also I feel like we need to be able to identify our triggers in both areas as well. Absolutely. We should not put ourselves in situations that we know is going to be a trigger. Um, if we're not there yet, you know what I mean? We have to identify those triggers and respect ourselves. We should not make ourselves feel uncomfortable to make other people feel comfortable. And this is just a side note for my people out there that work at nine to five and these jobs with these bosses. If there's certain days that you know are triggers, for example, mother's day, the, the day of the passing of your child or their birthday and you need to call out and your manager's telling you you don't have no PTO, don't be afraid to let them know that you need that personal time because I've experienced that a few times. Mm. And I felt like, I'm like telling my managers, oh, I need I can't come to work this day, I can't do this, da 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 And feeling too embarrassed to tell them why. No, tell them why. And let them feel bad for trying to tell you, no, you can't. And I'm serious about that because I've had multiple managers try to, you know, downplay like mm -hmm. you saying I need a day off and I need a personal my personal time as if that's like not an excuse. So, when yeah. these folks take off when they dogs die. Literally. Come on now. Or Let's because they want to catch sense. early shopping. Like, exactly. Don't. That's a big one. Because I can remember a few times being at different jobs and literally suffering, crying in the bathroom stall. Because I'm helping customers on a Mother's Day and every other customer is saying, oh, are you a mom? Oh, you mm -hmm. look too young to be a mom. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, we're about to go to a Mother's Day brunch and feeling tortured mm -hmm. because my managers would not let me off. That is like nobody talks about those types of things. Yeah. But that's serious. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yes, definitely. Just like Amber said, just being able to identify those triggers. Don't. Don't put yourself in a situation and do not feel bad. Absolutely. Do not feel bad. You do not have to apologize to anyone for Absolutely. anything. You deserve it. You are 
fighting for yourself no matter what. Like, absolutely. You, it's you. You have to make sure that you put yourself first in these situations. You have to make sure that your mental health, because no matter what, yeah, I could be here ringing people up, but if I'm going through something mentally, I'm not here. Right. So I need to be here both mentally and physically. And if you want to get the best out of me, you need to allow me to make sure that I, my absolutely. mental shows up as well. Absolutely. And, and that's the importance of self-care. If if you are not caring for yourself, how are you going to care for your kids? How are you going to care for your family? Literally. It, that doesn't make any sense. So when when we say self-care, it's not just giving yourself a facial or, or a painting bath. nails or, yeah, you know, taking a bath with essential oils and herbs. Self-care is literally all the way down to your mental health. Literally. Which we had this podcast before episode on that before. It's mm-hmm. such a taboo topic to talk about in the African American community. Mm-hmm. Oh, ain't nothing wrong with you. Just just pray about it. Just mm-hmm. you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. No, you have to take plenty our mental of people health have experienced it. Exactly. Yep. Our mental health is just as serious and important as anybody else's. So if you need to, like we said, go get that professional help. Find you a therapist, someone who is a, lic- a licensed professional to help you deal th- with and deal through your trauma. Please go do it. Literally. There's so many resources out here for us to take advantage of. And there's a lot of people who look like us mm-hmm. that we can get that professional help from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So please, please, please use your resources, seek them out, and do what you got to do uh-huh. for your mental health. Baby, don't check for me. Taking time out of TV and live my life off screen. So, how are y'all feeling? Check in. <laughs> Got emotionally drained, mentally honestly. Drained. Yeah, mentally drained. It's yeah, just I'm like, starting uh, to get a headache. That release. <laughs> Which, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Like, these things are pent up. There's levels. I'm just thinking about, um, like, when we first met. Like, I remember when we first met you, and, um, of course, you didn't tell us right away. But I feel like it was maybe a couple months later yeah. when you told us. And we were like, and you, you saw like, him. You've seen him. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wait, what? Because right. you literally had started at the job maybe yeah. a month or a couple weeks yeah. after you got out of your, your situation. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, wait, what? Because I had never been... As I said, I've never been involved in domestic violence, but I never also had someone that I knew personally involved. And remember when, so I worked with y'all and then I had the other job, remember the other job at the store? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I had to quit the job at the store because after I tried to leave him, during that time, he would come to my job and basically like stalk me Mm -hmm. and like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, what's the word? Um, Threaten me Mm -hmm. and... I had to leave that job because you could literally see on the security cameras and I was embarrassed that my coworkers would know. So I left that job. But it's like so many things that that can go on that you won't even know Mm-mm. is happening. Mm-mm. Because you know? when you came to the job, like, we would have never known unless you told us. Right. And then, Keita, listening to your timeline, you're saying... Your child was a year and a half. We met you when he was three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, to know that time when I was knowing you guys, he and I wasn't with my um my husband now. He came in my window in my old apartment. He literally broke in my window and climbed through the window. I think I told y'all that story. I I remember you saying someone he, broke in, he, but he I didn't know it was him. Yeah, he climbed through the Cause window. Cause mind you, us. we've yeah. seen this man. <laughs> yes, like, him like yo. chopped it up. Like, but I'm like just these timelines thinking like yeah. the the timing of all of us yep. kind of meeting each other and yeah. becoming an integral part of each other's lives. Yeah. I don't think that's ironic. Like no. I met y'all right after my quote unquote rebellious, like right at the tail end of my rebellion stage. So right after when I started thinking, okay, maybe I should care if I'm like alive mm-hmm. <laughs> was right when I met y'all. So mm-hmm. like, one to two years before I met y'all was when I was just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to get my apartment because the apartment I lived in was the last one he was there with and he broke the door down. Mm-hmm. I mean, no, the police broke the door down to save me from him. So it's just crazy, like, the things you don't, I mean, you wouldn't know. Right. Right. I I don't know. I feel like, just like we were talking about on the last episode, how do you know when a friendship is worth fighting for? 
I feel like us kind of meeting each other after you guys were going through such pivotal points in your life. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if I want to say that it that's that it's the glue that kind of holds us together, but I think we all needed each other yeah. at that point yeah. for some reason. And it was I, kismet. Whatever you, whatever you, you want to call it, it. that's my word. Like, whatever you want to call it, like it was the universe bringing us together. It was fate. It was whatever. Mm-hmm. Like I think that that's not something to hold lightly. I think that is an very integral piece of our friendship, honestly. Yeah. And I feel like... You know, I feel like we did a good job of sharing pieces. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind, these are just small pieces very, of our stories. Very small we don't pieces. know what led up to you getting pregnant, Jazz. We don't mm-hmm. know what led up to Kita's relate. We don't know the full story, but we know pieces of the story that we shared today. Um, what is something that you feel? you learned and want to share for somebody else either so they don't get in that situation or if they're in that situation um well for me don't don't be out here opening your legs <laughs> too soon because <laughs> i'll be i'll keep it 100 with you and i've told you guys from day one like i was 14 when i lost my virginity so that's not something that i'm proud of that's not something that i'm like bragging about honestly if anything it is kind of shaped the person that I am today. Um, having to go through that experience of one being pregnant. Yeah. Two, seeing a heartbeat on a sonogram. Mm. And I didn't even realize Yes, mm. I saw the heartbeat. I was twelve weeks. So Mm-mm. did they show you that during the procedure or before? No, I when we went to the doctors to find out if I was pregnant, what what was going mm. on. Did you um, want to see it? No. You see what I'm so, talking about? <laughs> well, no, I don't want to say no. I think, so I was in the room by myself because the doctor asked me if I wanted my grandmother to be in there. And of course I didn't. Um, because you, I think as say, a, Did you feel empowered enough to say no? I did. Good. And I think um, even at that age, I knew that I was. I just think I was just in denial. I knew yeah. I was pregnant. Yeah, like yeah, I knew yeah. my body. Um, so seeing the heartbeat. And it being real and it's in my face, like, okay, there's no denial now. Yeah. Um, and then knowing or at least thinking, okay, well, I did an adult thing, so I'm going to try to be an adult and, and take my consequence, quote unquote. Right. Um, I didn't have a choice. That that wasn't even an okay. option in my grandmother's head. Um, and I want to say I probably resented her then, but now that I look back, I'm okay with her decision um because who knows where i would be today i would have what dang near a a 15 year old Mm -hmm. um so i'm okay with that but if i could go back and do it all over or to anyone that's listening to this this particular episode um if you have children that are high school age please 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 be in your kids business um, not to say that my grandma wasn't in my business, but I was very good at hiding things. Um, please be present. Please be in your kids' business. Make them feel comfortable to talk to you. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Um, like, that's a big, like, that right there. Did you ever feel comfortable enough to tell your grandmother, like, Grandma, and, and I'm having sex? I have to give no. that to my Did mom. Did you? Yes, absolutely. Before I even started having sex, I went to my mom. And I'm like, I was, okay, so I'm like, I was, before my mom passed away, and y'all both know, I was a mama's girl. So, mm-hmm. like, me disappointing my mom was uh, supposed to be, uh, it could never happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wrote a note to my mom, and again, this was right after me, meeting my son's father. Um, wrote a note to her and was like, oh, I think I'm ready. Realistically, I feel like I was more of a, just... How old hot in the pain. I was 17. Mm-hmm. I was 17. I wrote a note to her and said, mm-hmm. I, think I, I think it's time for me to get on birth control. I mm. started to get feelings, and I just want to protect myself. And she took me to the doctor, and we had that kind of relationship. So mm. one thing I... And that's something I that's pride myself on what happened with my boys. It's like, I want you to come to me. I'd yeah. rather you come to me and me tell you the truth than you to go out here and try to get advice from somebody else. And I'm thankful that... She may not always have the best advice, but that right there, her being there for me, and even still, she told me, she said, this is not a green light to have sex. This is a green light to, as well as try to protect yourself, and also these are the other ways to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. So I am really 
extremely thankful that my mom was there and she did that. And like I said, I was 17. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was damn near grown in a sense. Like, if I you feel like you was really ready though? Like looking back? Now that I sit back and think about it, again, I always tell everybody, I do not regret my son. But I feel like I had to lose my virginity so I could be with this man. Because he also told me, and this is why he was the second man who I ever had sex with, is because he said, I don't want to have sex with you if you're a virgin. So I had sex with a friend. Just to lose my virginity to have sex with this man. When I tell you it was mental, that bad, it was really that bad. It was that bad. Well, see, you're saying at 17, you still don't think you was ready. So you know at 14, you ain't ready. Absolutely not. Like, but but that's the thing, though. My my grandma is from a whole totally different generation. You know, most most people from that generation, first of all, they don't even want to have that conversation. No. With their child, let alone their grandchild. Right. But I think what saved me was that I had cousins who were around my age, and the ones who I grew up with, they all had kids. My mm. mom was there watching them have kids, because they were raised by the grandmoms and the great-grandmoms and stuff mm. like that, who refused to have those conversations. Yeah. So I had cousins who were 15 and 16 having babies because grandmom refused to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. And my mom always told me, you come to me. Like... I've had always, and as well as, oh, not my kids. My kids would never. Not my daughters. They're this, they're that. Not knowing the whole time that their daughter is walking around six months pregnant. With a whole mm. you know adult. What I mean? <laughs> so it's like... Oh, that's man. Wh- and that's my thing. So it's like, I really... We we have to... and I look at it as a generational curse. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, I wasn't ready. And my mom tells me with my father, and again... She's not here to defend herself, but this is a story that she told me. My mom went away to school. She went to the clinic. And again, this we need to talk about this topic, how much the, what is it, the um, anatomy of a African-American woman, how doctors just use us as guinea pigs. Because they told my mom she would never be able to have kids and she was going sterile at the age of 19. My mm-hmm. mom came home from school and immediately went to my father and said, I'm going to get pregnant because I want to have a baby. I want to make sure I can have kids. And that's how she ended up with a baby. She Mm. was in a sense, the same boat as me. She was not ready. She was away at school. She was trying to get herself together, Mm -hmm. but she had that image stuck in her head. Like I have to be a mom. You know what I mean? And that's what happened. And after that, it was just unfortunate. I'm not going to say unfortunate, but she didn't get to experience life in Mm. my opinion. She was nothing but a mom after that. Mm. Well, and you said generational curse. Um, I think the, the the fact that I did have sex so early is what makes me think now, oh, I don't want to have a daughter. I want to have all boys because you know what they say, your daughter is 10 times worse than you. Mm-hmm. And I can't just imagine like my child coming home at 14 telling me they're pregnant and that they're having sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's trauma. That is a trigger for me. Yeah. It, it is, but... And we touched on that, but I feel like as you as a parent, you as a parent, when, when you, as far as when you become a mother and everything like that, Jazz, and I'm, I can, in my opinion, I, I'm just giving you my opinion. I don't think that you would have that issue because you would have that open line of communication. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that was Because you're issue. not a grandparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that matters. I feel like our parents and even our grandparents, we mm-hmm. have that mentality and I try to find balance with it when it comes to my kids. It's like your child staying in a child's place, but my body is going through adult things, or yeah. I'm experiencing adult things, or I'm being yeah. exposed to adult things. So I need to be able to have these not so much adult conversations. And I think I share with both of y'all is like when my son asks me things, I always tell him I'm giving you an age appropriate, correct answer, yeah. mm-hmm. and we can revisit this a when little older, older. Yeah. so you can mm-hmm. have a better understanding of it. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, I feel like that's where a lot of our parents and their parents may have lacked is not having those conversations with them. Exactly. Detrimental sometimes. Like yeah. for me, I think that was a big thing. And I'm, you know, I'm not blaming my parents or anything, but like, no, but like, I'm not blaming them. The thing that's interesting is that, I, you know, I didn't see a lot of people my age having sex or whatever, or getting pregnant, things like that. So when this person like introduced these things to me, I was so naive because I had been so sheltered. So mm-hmm. I didn't really, I mean, mm-hmm. health class is one thing, but it's barely nothing. Um, and so I just wasn't prepared. Like mm-hmm. I wasn't prepared to have the no means no conversation mm-hmm. or like what sex even means or how 
like losing your virginity and the emotional ties with that or relationships or dating. Like we didn't even have dating conversations. Mm -mm. So this is something that I know, like as soon as uh, Lena starts looking at whoever she looks at, girls, boys, whoever she's going to look at, as soon as she starts looking, I'll be like, oh, time to have that hormone conversation. Well, and you know, we have because (laughs) I don't want her out here letting somebody else fantasize, make this Mm -hmm. fantasy that draws her in because it sounds so amazing mm-hmm. and I didn't give her any of the tools. Right. Absolutely. So. And I think that yeah. as parents, we try to, or people, we try to keep our kids babies as much as possible and don't realize yep. that they're their own person. Yep. They are their adults. And that they still and have this whole world influencing them. Listen. Mm-hmm. The I world is not going to treat them like a baby. Okay. A preteen nope. boy. And Girl. he is definitely to the point where girls and girls and girls and <laughs> But this is also why, this is another way I'm traumatized. Because y'all know I've been on this homeschool thing for a minute. That is direct result of trauma, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because I feel Mm -hmm. like, oh, if I homeschool, then she won't have these, you know, fifth graders telling her what this is. But just like you said, once you're then exposed to this Then it's like a freaking... Then it's all... We've seen children who are homeschooled. Bo buck wild. And they go crazy. So they get a taste of... Listen, it's a balance. It is. It's so scary. But I know that's out of trauma that I feel like that. Like, mm-hmm. I know, like, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. So, but at the end of the day, we're going to do the best things, you know. We went through these experiences for the a reason. Do, really. yeah. And we're just going to do our best with our children yeah. and mm-hmm. generations and people that we love. And Rebuke just them, to, generational curse. You feel me? Yeah. Rebuke it. Exactly. And just to kind of go back to what we originally talked about, like, to just try and make sure that history doesn't repeat ourselves. Yes. Where we can maybe be that voice for our upcoming generation or just yes. share our stories even with my sons like I said I have all boys me sharing these stories with my sons unfortunately my brother is a person who is been charged with domestic violence you know what I mean and mm-hmm. just being witness to this and sharing this with my sons letting them know this is not right. how you're supposed to behave right. my, my husband telling my sons a man does not put his hands on a woman if he feels he, does, he needs to do that he needs to then leave you know what right. I mean just having those positive reinforcements to kind of let them know this is not the way life should be as well as for my nieces uh, right. for my cousins to let them know you are no man's or woman's either because let's be real it's also yes. the same sex abuse and it's just like you're no one's punching bag whether that's physically mentally or emotionally and just letting them know to understand their worth as a as a young child you know what i mean Mm -hmm. molding them to know what their worth is and never feel like they have to deal with that Mm -hmm. um i feel like that's i just feel like that's really where it comes from that's being able to identify our own worth you know yeah absolutely agreed so you know show up for each other i appreciate y'all listening and you know listening to our stories feel free to share your stories we want to hear from you we want to provide a safe space for you let us know if you need some resources let us know if this was a bit too much that we need to know that too <laughs> really in a little like yeah, you know but you know it's important that we have these we're going to have more conversations around hard topics mm-hmm. but more often than not, we're going to talk about fun things, but at the same time, we, we live multifaceted lives. Um, also, we want to make sure that we provide you with this hotline number, so if you know someone or if you are someone in a situation where you feel unsafe and you feel like you need as help or support or um, guidance or anything, even if you have a question, if you have an inkling, if you came across this number for a reason, give it a call and see what they can do to help you. It's 1-800-799-7233. That's 1-800-799-SAFE. Um, you can also go on the website, thehotline.org, if you're in a safe place. Um, and also, there's numbers and emails where you can reach out, text, other things. Um, the last thing we want to leave you with is be aware Pay attention to others. Notice things. If you notice something is off, don't be afraid to try to reach out because you never know if you're that one person that reached out at the perfect time or you're that one neighbor that heard something that didn't sound quite right and you called or that one person that 
noticed your friend has been looking a little pregnant and then all of a sudden they're crying in the stall one day, you know, we can't lose our humanity. Those are the mm. things that keep us together, keep us bonded, you know, keep us, you know, going. Human in this world, that's, I really mm-hmm. feel like, definitely keep us human as well. Yeah, so um, we thank you guys. Yes, thank you so much. And just like Amber said, this is definitely a deep topic. Yeah. Um, we, we would love to hear all of your opinions. We would love to hear your stories. If you're willing to share and open up about them, um, we definitely are trying to be a safe space for everyone. To just get your voice out. Let your story be heard. Yes, and I just want to commend my two friends today on being so raw and real and vulnerable. Um, and you too, Because Jess. like we said, it's yes, not easy. It's, yes, it's Jess. not easy at all. And y'all know I cried a drop of a dime. So it, it really is not easy to be transparent these days um, because people try to use that stuff against you. They try to use your transparency against you. But I just hope that... Our topic today, our episode today, um, was able to reach someone in need, mm-hmm. and um, please use those resources and hotlines that we provided to get help. We love you guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Oh,